Test, test, test. Ten four, ten four. Three, two, one. Let's and we're here. go. <laughs> All right. We're here at Atlas Bar. We just got done working out with my boy Simon. It's been a minute, you know, since I've been back, and uh, he's been killing us in the gym lately with Nick. So, Nick, how do you feel about the workout today? Simon, tell him who's got the better hands. Me or Des? I couldn't see because I was so busy getting punched, you know, by Oliver. So. You know it's me. You know it's me. But anyway, Simon's the man, man. He's taking us through these great workouts. It's getting hard. I feel good being back in the gym. He's a good dude. He's been hooking us up, and we're pumped to have him on the podcast. Now, he's a big uh, big name over here. And, yeah. I mean, Instagram model. Uh, got his, his gym business going on, creating a clothing brand. And, and uh, man, shoot the, shoot the people your uh, story. Well, uh, thanks for the intro. Uh, I said I'm, I'm Simon, and uh, I moved to Copenhagen five years ago. I uh, grew up in California, where I lived for eight years together with my, my family. Uh, originally, I'm from, from Germany, so I have a, have a German background, speak German. Uh, that's my mother tongue. And I uh, recently came here to, to study. I studied at Copenhagen Business School, where I just finished up two weeks ago. I got my master in, uh, in entrepreneurship. And, uh, so another entrepreneur. Yeah. Another entrepreneur. You're making that money. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, so that's that's my quick and low uh, story of how I got to Copenhagen and uh, who I am. So do you speak you speak three different languages then too? Three different languages. Yeah, a little so bit I of Spanish too. Uh, un poco español también. Oh, okay. Sí, sí. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so German, English, Danish, and, uh, and a bit of Spanish, uh, which definitely helps to get around here. You know, yeah. speaking a bit of Danish. What made you go down the entrepreneur route? <clears throat> You know, my uh, both of my mom and my stepdad, they've always worked in startups and had their own businesses. And uh, I think just growing up with that uh, kind of gave me the desire to follow in their footsteps and also their support. Like, they always supported me in all my endeavors. And I think that's really what, what drove me down this path uh, to try it out myself. And what, uh, Pat, this is, so what are you kind of into now? You're building a, a fitness business? Right now, I'm trying to build my, my fitness empire. You know, like, fitness has been... Probably my, my biggest passion, my biggest hobby since I've been 13. Like, I played American football, I played soccer, and I lifted weights for the first time when I was 13, and I just saw how, how you can bond with people over, over sweating, over, over getting in a good workout, and uh, I decided to go down that path quite early. I started coaching when I was 17 and became full-time uh, coach when I was 23. And I've been doing that ever since, just trying to hustle and trying to live live off being a personal trainer. Yeah, so a lot of people are kind of getting into that uh, that phase, especially back in the states. Um, they're in the fitness; they want to kind of make some money off it. How have you gone gone about it? Do you run out a gym? Do you how do you build your clientele? Um, the first question was like, do I rent a gym? I'm, I I rent into a gym, so you pay like a monthly rent, and then you you just get your own clients, make your own money. You, you pay the same amount every month, similar to renting a chair in a barbershop. Um, I like that model a lot better than when the gym gets you clients, because when the gym gets you clients, they take such a large cut of your hourly wage that you can make a lot more money by taking on the risk of renting in and then trying to get your own clients. Um, how I got all my clients was just to network, 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 and invite people in to see my product, to have a workout with me. Like That's what I've always been doing. I always always have workouts with people that's how I catch up with friends that's how I how I bond with people so I just just kept on doing that and at the end told them hey like if you want to continue doing this this is the price and uh, this is how it works and that's that's how I got most of my clients in the beginning and then from there you just rely on word of mouth you just let your product you know carry carry itself into the world 
And what's been the biggest struggle to like get into involved in all that? The biggest struggle is probably like in the beginning you don't have enough clients and you just have to have enough money saved up, sort of like a safety net to to give yourself time to build up a clientele because in the beginning you think, okay, first month I'm gonna have ten clients, I'm gonna make this much money. That's that's just not how it goes. You know, you have to give yourself time and, and build up a clientele and give yourself time as well. And uh, that's the biggest struggle, to be patient, to not get frustrated when you have 10 interviews and all 10 of them say, you know what, I don't have the money or this is not the right timing, whatever, just to be persistent. And then when you have four or five clients, you can just take it from there. Right. Has there ever been a time that you like cut your price lower just to work with a certain person or anything like that? Or never, just... never. I, I, it's either free or it's full price. Um, I have like a certain amount of promo hours I do every every week with uh, local artists, with influencers, with people with a big network, whatever, um, to kind of brand myself and to get my name out there. But I know what I'm worth per session, and that's what I want to get. If I don't get that, I'm not going to budge on the price, and I'll just move on to another client uh, that I know will pay me for what I'm worth. Yeah, keep your value. Exactly. Now you're worth. Um, what the is your kind of teaching philosophy, your weight room philosophy when you kind of go in with these, these clients and why do you think they should choose you? My, my approach is very individual and it's a bit more relaxed, I think. You know, fitness can be this super serious thing, whereas I think that it's your fitness journey and it should be individualized to what works for you. And I'm just there to guide you to find what works for you. Uh, of course, with my philosophy and my way of seeing things but we're kind of building this journey and your fitness routine together whereas a lot of other trainers they have one way of doing their thing and then they'll try to force you into this box where you might not even fit into you know there's so many diets there's so many fitness routines and like why not explore that a bit and see what really works into you or like into your everyday into your routine to find something that you can carry with you the rest of your life my whole goal of this is a bit detrimental to my own business, but this is my, my goal. It's like when you leave with me, you have all the right tools to be uh, self-sufficient. You can do your own thing when we're done working together. So you shouldn't have to work with me for two or three years. That's only if you want to. But I give you all the tools and all the guides to kind of help you build your own routine and your own diet and stuff like that. Have you seen anything fall off from doing that? Um, like fall, clients yeah, fall like off? Yeah, like clients fall off or... Yeah, but it's beautiful. Right, I think it's, it's so level. nice when you see eventually people doing their own sessions um, and then they send you a picture or they tag you in a post and be like, oh, I just did your ab circuit or oh, I just did my own workout and like, thanks to my trainer, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually, uh, if they just come down to the gym, you've stopped working together, you know, you just give them a high five and you see them down there like, that's beautiful. Right. That's, that's such a cool, cool success experience in my opinion. Um, that's the big thing we kind of talk about when you do that, that giving to others and uh, how it feels. Does that make you feel good when you see that people that losing weight and they're putting on uh, muscle mass? Is that like a big uh, motivation to kind of the business you're in? Absolutely. I think most personal trainers would say that that's one of their top motivational factors of, of why they're in the business, to see someone get better. and You can really change someone's life, right? If you take them from... 50 pounds overweight to their dream their dream body or at least a healthy body they're able to carry their kids they can go hiking whatever that's that's a huge motivational factor for sure do you have uh, one of those stories you can speak on without naming names um i've had a few people who i took from 
not morbidly obese, but definitely obese, back to a normal weight um, and um, back to living a, a normal life and adding a lot more exercise in, into their daily life. Like, we bike a lot here in Copenhagen. And you'll be amazed that just by adding some biking into someone's life, how, how, how big of a change they can make over a, over a few months. Really? Yeah, I, d I don't have any of those stories where I took someone like and made them lose a, a hundred pounds or something like that. Not, not yet, at uh, least. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's in the future, but to be honest with you, it's not my target group, that, that extreme weight loss. I, I've, I've had extreme weight loss clients and it's just, I don't really like it that much. Okay. What, what don't um, you like about it? Um, they require a lot of attention. Um, you have like it's not like I don't like teaching them from the very beginning, but I'd rather take people who have just started a fitness routine and to take them from you know maybe twenty percent to ninety to a hundred percent instead of starting someone at zero. It's it's fun for other trainers. I've just through my experience now kind of found my my client that I like, um, which is the everyday average Joe kind of and helping them to get above average health and fitness in their life. So you think fitness will always be a part of your life? 100%. I might not be coaching my entire life, um, but I, it will always be a part of my life. So getting into that, um, you're big into fitness, you know, good looking dude, strong, fit. You run uh, an Instagram page and you're really successful on it too. You're about, what, 20,000 followers and that's very big in the, in the Nordic uh, countries. Um, can you kind of speak on how uh, you developed that page and how you um, use it for your businesses? Sure. I have had Instagram since the very beginning. I remember uh, when it came out, it was like I was living in the Bay and it kind of like came out there and I just had it and it was just this, this app where you shared pictures, right? And, um, the concept of being an influencer was not yeah, wasn't, wasn't anything at, yeah. at the time. Um, but I've always used Instagram, and I remember I, I kind of transitioned from Facebook over to Instagram a lot more um, after two or three years, especially when I started traveling on it, post travel pictures. And uh, at a certain point, since fitness has always been such a big thing, it was mainly one of the things that I posted most about, and I, I saw that people would really resonate towards it, and I saw that people would comment like, oh, I just tried this workout and I, I kind of got a lot of motivation to post more and more um, to the extent where about three years ago, I really started like strategizing my content a bit more and making my content a bit more professional. And since then, it's just been, been growing exponentially. And when you make it to a certain point, you brands start reaching out to you and you really start seeing the benefit. And that's what really starts pushing you to put more time into it and start to see it a bit more as a job than just a hobby. So how much time do you put into Instagram on a daily basis? Um, you know, I, it's, it's hard to add that up because you're doing a lot of stories and you're replying to DMs and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, you don't really realize how much time you're actually spending on it Like because you're also, it's a, called a social network, right? So you're, you're being social, commenting on other people's stuff and, and networking, hustling on the platform. But if I had to like, give a like ballpark estimate. I'm probably on Instagram around two hours a day or working on it 
stuff for Instagram around two hours a day, whether that's meeting up with other influencers or creating content or networking, whatever. Um, now, the people that kind of are trying to start this, they have, you know, a thousand followers, they've been posting just their pictures, want to get into the fitness world, maybe, you know, earn some money off it. What are some some steps, some tools, some tricks that, that you would suggest they can use to build their uh, platform? Uh, like there's uh, so we just had to go eat quick um, Simon what were we talking about building your Instagram base tips and tricks for the kind of the person that wants to get into the, the fitness world and the Instagram model world yeah I think my biggest tip is just to be consistent because I think a lot of people they, they want to do this and maybe you guys have had a friend who's been the same and then they're like for one month they're busting out the content it's good quality it's everything and then they just stop, they just fall off. And I think it's it's just like going to the gym, you know? Like if you go to the gym for one month, you might like grow a bit or lose some weight, whatever, but it's the consistency that uh, at the end of the day gets you somewhere. So just consistently posting content is the number one tip I would give. And then uh, <laughs> this is just a very general one. It's just like finding a niche and like tendering to that niche. Like my niche is obviously fitness. So I, I try to do fitness posts, I try to do mentality and mindset posts and um, see who resonates towards that, you know, like I think it's important to find who you are and what your voice is and then to project that through your posts so you don't change yourself because then it becomes hard. You always have to be someone else on social media, like obviously be the best version on social media, be the best version of you and do it well and do that consistently and then people will resonate towards your posts if they find them useful that's another thing that will be my third tip is make your posts useful or at least a majority of them um, if I post fitness stuff it's workouts that people can replicate it's maybe uh, mindset posts they can resonate with and maybe get some motivation out of that um, so yeah consistency be you and be useful how do you feel about the Instagram world right now? Like everything that's going on. It's very wishy-washy, man. It's so, it's so saturated. There's so many people who want to be an influencer. And like I mentioned earlier, I've been on the platform for so long. Um, so I've really seen it transform. Um, and now that like big brands and stuff are working with influencers so much, obviously um, it's a big market that everyone wants to get into, both other brands and both people who want to be influencers. So I think it's... You can have your voice, but it's harder to be heard nowadays unless you're a really big influencer and have been on the platform for a while. Um, so it can be a bit frustrating as well, you know. You got to constantly reinvent yourself and post new content, different content, and obviously the algorithm changed a few times now. Um, so your engagement is getting less and less. And before, the amount of likes and the amount of views and comments that kind of gave you some, like. Um, feedback on how good you were doing and when that feedback is just cut in half it, it can be hard to keep up the motivation sometimes to, to keep posting and stuff so I uh, I definitely had a period last year where I was like you know screw screw this like I'm, I'm, I'm done I'm done with Instagram and then I remembered like why why did I start and it's just about that one DM you get sometimes where someone says like damn it you really motivate me all the time like all oh, that workout was great that you posted like that's why I started and that's definitely what's keeping me going at this point like trying to like feed like sit through all the noise and focus on why why I do it so even if just a hundred people followed along I would, I would still do it there's a lot of it's like a fake world and I mean and finding your true voice and being yourself is pretty unique and people you know end up messing with it right you build that momentum consistent 
timing and it, and it works. But I get a question. What does it feel like when you're putting yourself out there, especially when you were smaller? Like you're really throwing yourself out there, you know what I mean? And you guys see how many likes you are. Are you basing your self-esteem off the feedback? Because a lot of people do, you know what I mean? And that's like your business model. A lot depends on it. So how do you kind of deal with that, being out there and, and getting constant feedback through likes and, and whatnot? I think it's, it's important to realize what things in life inflate your ego. And to be aware, like, what's motivating me right now? Is it because I'm, it's because my ego is getting stimulated? Or is it because I'm getting feedback on the work that I did and I'm proud of the work that I did? Or I'm proud of the results that I'm achieving? And if, it's, if you're proud of the work you put in, then cool, that's a good feeling. It's good to get feedback on that. But if it's your, your ego that's getting inflated, it becomes a very dangerous, dangerous slippery slope. Slippery slope. So I think it's just good to sit back and reflect and ask again, why Why am I doing this and why am I feeling good about this, these amount of likes? Is it my ego, it's like my self-esteem being boosted because, you know, my ego is being boosted. Totally. Yeah. And you kind of parlayed this into modeling, right? You've been a model and then you do like Insta modeling too. What, what's that like world like? I mean, Des, you're, you're that too. You, you do mean, some modeling. I influence on certain things, but he's got a way bigger, bigger following and everything than I do. Um, but the whole jumping in the modeling thing, I think it switched over to Instagram modeling just because of the way the world's going right now with social media and all the networks that I have. And then sponsors, too, wanted to be on that platform. So, sure. I mean, how did it start for you? I actually, I started modeling before I, I did any Instagram stuff. And, um, as a kid? When I was 17, yeah. Like, straight out of high school, going into college, like one of my boys was doing it. And... He just brought me along one day to to his photographer, and we just started taking some pictures. And I really liked, like, you know, putting a nice outfit on, having someone take pictures of you. And like, I was already training a lot then, so like, I always like taking my shirt off. You know, there's a reason why we train. <laughs> not just performance. <laughs> so uh, that's how I got into it, and that's actually the first few pictures I posted on Instagram was like, you know, modeling pictures, and that's what I got my first feedback on, and that's what kind of like made me want to continue posting and stuff. And, yeah, I, I think it's nice nowadays because modeling, I was always too big to be a model. And I definitely, like, from the phase of, like, 17 to 19, like, a lot of agents were telling me, you got to lose weight, you got to lose weight. And I was, like, way too skinny, you know? Like, I wasn't in my natural body shape. Everyone has their natural weight where they feel the best, they can perform the best. And I was, like, you know, like, 10 pounds under it. And so I couldn't hold that, and then I just gave it up completely. But... Instagram gives you the power to kind of shoot what you want to shoot and still make, you know, make a good impact of that. Like you can connect with the brands you want to connect with and be be a fitness guy or be a skinny guy, whatever you want. So I think it puts the power in the in the models hands a bit more. Which do the most know. sponsors reach out to you through Instagram or what how do they how do they find you? It's at the point where I am you're better off trying to reach out yourself because there's a lot of people out there, a lot of influence out there. So if you want to make, like, get jobs and, you know, make money or get free shit, you have to reach out and offer them a benefit. And the biggest benefit you can offer is obviously offering your reach, your unique reach, but also your creative vision of creating content for them. So if you're good at creating content, um, you're offering value to them. Um, obviously some people will reach out to you but it's mainly you reaching out to them and asking them for a collab until you grow a bit bigger where you're kind of in the intra, intra system and then you 
people reach out to you all the time or you're signed with an agency or something like that. Don't you have to be really careful of who you kind of mess with? You know, you see the, the people doing the tea stuff and it kind of loses their credibility, their value. I mean, you got clients, you got uh, followers and all that that, you know, want the real thing, right? So you can't partner with no clown companies. Does that go into effect, you know, when you're researching who you who you partner up with and who you work with? Absolutely. I, I've been, like, uh, contacted by a lot of different companies and I... I, uh, I'm very um, selective of who I choose to work with because if I if I have this rule like if I wouldn't use it I'm not gonna post about it you know and I chose to partner with, with two companies who I who I work with now one one apparel company Gunball and uh, one supplement company called Puri. Give them the plugs. Give them the plugs. Yeah, yeah. Puri. <laughs> and those are just two brands who I would I would buy their stuff if I didn't get it, you know? And mm -hmm. so for me it was like I feel good about sharing this with my followers and like I feel like I'm upholding my integrity. And that's so important to me to like when I say something people trust me because I only work with two brands, you know? Yeah. I'm not working with twenty brands and this beauty brand and this clothing brand and just to make money all the time, you know? That's where it often goes wrong for a lot of people. I think they try to work with too many as opposed to having this deep relationship with one brand and really getting involved and doing events outside of Instagram with them as well. Uh, like training a team of Beyond Ball athletes or, you know, training people at, this, at, the, at the office of the supplement company, something like that. Like really getting involved and having a deeper relationship, I think, it's better. And what was the, what was the apparel company? Beyond Ball. Where are they, where are they Sweden. Swedish. They're from Sweden and the tennis player Bjorn Ball. It's his uh okay. it's his brand. Alright, and then Pure Puri? Puri is used to be called Pure Pharma. Um they rebranded to Puri, which stands for purely organic. Um and they are, you know, making supplements, magnesium, fish oil. Hey, magnesium, um, we talk about that. Yeah, they have the, the cleanest protein powder on the market at the moment, whey protein, which is tested by a third party. So they're very transparent about where all their stuff comes from. Everything is tested by a third party, uh, which I resonate with so much because there's so much shit out there in the supplement world. Yeah. So many artificial, artificial sweeteners and stuff to make it taste better, look different that you're really not helping your body by, by using that. And um, so that's that's what I really like about Puree. Okay. And so you said you're working on board. Is that what got you into like the next phase of things of working with starting your own clothing line? Um, you know, it, the clothing line started uh, around October last year where I, I, I started a boot camp for girls called Booty Camp, which has been a year and a half now. Um, boot camp of about 10 girls that I see twice a week and I wanted to offer them some like some swag you know like some swag bags with you know water bottles and towels and mm -hmm. stuff like that so I started shopping around for some towels online and I just really couldn't find anything that I liked yeah. and so I just typed in like best gym towels 2018 and number three was this towel made out of bamboo like bamboo fiber and cotton and I just read about the popularity of bamboo and I was like hmm this could be something well, I tried to make my own bamboo towel, and then I just dove into this world of like uh, eco fibers, you know, bamboo, tinsel, anything that's like um, reusable um, and sustainable. And it kind of shifted from the towels to also wanting to make shirts and sweatshirts and just a whole gym set made out of these eco fibers, bamboo, tinsel. Um, organic cotton and stuff like that so right now I, I wrote my master thesis on that as well so I really had a lot of time to to build the foundation and to 
to build my branding concept and where I want the brand to be and where I want to take it. And so now I'm just executing on that, ordering some shirts, ordering some, some, some sweaters, ordering some towels. And the plan is to, you know, for every every dollar you spend to give back some as well to right. two different foundations that I like. So for now my, my goal is to plant some trees. So when you buy something I'll I'll plant some trees together with a tree school uh, somewhere in Europe. So uh, we can uh, mitigate our carbon footprint and be almost at zero. Um, CO2 emissions for our Damn. production. This guy, I like it. That's, that's sweet. What's the logo? You, you talked about the concept, the, the thesis. What, uh, you know, um, saving the world, environment. Um, can you get more into that? Kind of plug your stuff. Speak so, out. Sell me. Yeah, for sure. So the brand, the brand is called Power and uh, Power. Power, like it's it's Power with an A P O W A. Um, okay. Power. Like power, but power. Yeah. Um, and I, my whole goal behind the brand was, you know, it's supposed to empower you by making a statement, by being functional, so you can perform at your best, but also give you the choice as a consumer to empower the planet, give you the power to make the right choice. And I'm um, interested in sustainability because I'm I became a vegetarian two years ago, and that made me. At first, it was like for animal welfare, which is still a huge part about it, but. I also really like that it's my way to contribute to being more sustainable and to, you know, hopefully working towards a brighter future for the next generation. Um, so if I was ever to start something, I just promised myself back then that it should be contributing to that, to that mindset, to, to making the world a better place. And I think nowadays we're getting more and more educated and we have more and more power with online shopping and stuff like that to practice our rights as consumers to buy those products that we like to you know have an impact by by buying the stuff that we that fits with our mindset yeah with not our, buying with our ideologies and stuff like that sweatshops in China they're causing all the pollution and so you're you're not just talking about it you're actually doing it now I mean you're taking action and, and making a difference with it so respect that a ton but you said you're a vegan yeah, mostly vegan. I mean, I eat, oh, mostly. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a vegetarian. I don't, I don't want to throw the vegan word around too much, but like, it's just easier to say you're vegetarian. You know? But I eat mostly vegan. But yeah, it's been two years now. Um, it's been one of the best best decisions I've made in my life, for sure. Can you give us a quick, you do intermediate fasting too. Can you give us a quick little, uh, what that feels like and what it does for you and, you know, for our listeners that might want to try it out, the vegan and intermediate fasting? For sure. I mean, like, if, you, if you're going to eat... Or if you're gonna skip meat, my biggest thing I always tell like clients or anyone that's interested in it is like, don't just like drop meat, but replace it with another good protein source. And there's so many protein sources out there um, that are plant-based or whatever. And I would challenge you if you're listening to this to try and Google some. Um, there's seitan, there's tofu, there's black beans, there's all kinds of legumes. You know, you can you can substitute your your meat with there's so many cool veggie options um so that's the biggest tip i have if you want to do you know veggie life and give it a week like you get really used to cooking veggie after a while in the beginning you always use meat to flavor your meals right so when that drops out you might have have trouble finding the right recipes but there's a lot of inspiration online that you can look up and the intermittent fasting but why the veggie or why the vegetarian thing besides the saving the world the, the food does it make you feel great or what? You know, I was eating very clean before, so I didn't feel a big like okay. difference in my body or body composition or anything like that. It's just I feel a difference in my heart. Jesus, okay. that sounds you know like I feel like this is my way of contributing my my part. Gotcha. Um, as as a consumer, 
um, to just be more aware of where I buy my food. Like I try to buy local. I try to be, buy good ingredients and stuff like that, and hopefully inspire other people to do the same. I don't. I never say or meat shame people like, oh, you eat meat or something like that. I love when people ask, and then I like to inspire, but I would never require you to. Like two thousand vegans do shaming exactly. people. Exactly, yeah. I think the shaming way is not. It's gonna make me want to eat more meat. <laughs> yes, yeah, and put you in a defensive stance as opposed to making you curious, and then I can share with you and maybe inspire you to to do some to do the same or to do something similar. Interesting. Fasting. Um, fasting, I got into also about two years ago, just because it was a fad back then, and I'm I've tried I've tried all diets in the book, brother. I've tried them all, you know, just because I'm curious. Yeah. And I like to I like to try things out with my body, both athletically and and with nutrition. And I found it's a really nice way to create a deficit, a caloric deficit, um, which I I like to do in the summer. You know, I want to get a bit more shredded, so. You can also just call it skipping breakfast, you know. Like I skip breakfast to get my to get my deficit, um, and I like the benefits it, it brings. You know, like I like feeling really hungry. I was just talking about how how the first meal was of the day. I just broke my fast here with the boys at lunch. Uh, just tastes so much better. It feels good to be hungry sometimes, especially if you're constantly snacking and stuff. You never really realize what it's like to be hungry again. Um, Do you get that mental clarity and that energy in the morning too? That's what I really get. You know, I'm drinking water and I feel like I can do anything. It's weird when I skip breakfast. Um, yeah, yes and no. I, I for sure I, f I feel like it's it's it takes some burdens out of life. Like just like not focusing on food and stuff. You're just drinking your water. Maybe have some black coffee and stuff. You feel lighter. I I like working out faster. But I was just talking to Des about how. I do feel like the last two reps are a bit harder when I'm not uh, fully fueled. But like if you're doing some cardio or you want to do my boxing, I feel a lot lighter on my feet. So I, I get the benefit from that for sure. Yeah, because I think a lot of people like to say that intermediate fasting like puts you in that box of being a thing when really you're just skipping a meal. Pretty much. It's so much easier to say that. You're skipping a meal. Yeah. There's yeah. all these buzzwords, you know, like yeah. keto, <laughs> fasting, yeah. back in the day it was paleo and, yeah. you know, it's, it's easier to just say I'm fucking skipping breakfast and yeah. <laughs> that's that. And then I'm just going to eat during lunch. Exactly, right, yeah. yeah. You eat bigger lunch that way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's your fitness guy, entrepreneur, all this. You're also a traveler. You've been to a lot of different places. You've seen a lot of different cultures. Um, can you speak on how that's uh, affected you and, and made you who you are now? Yeah, I I moved around as a, as a child. We moved around a lot. I, I went to, well, I was living in five different countries at the time I was, well, we moved five times, so moved from Germany to England, back to Germany, to Denmark, to the States, back to Denmark, all by the age of 21. And, um, you said Mexico too, right? Yeah, I lived in Mexico for, for half a year when I was 23. I've always traveled a lot with my parents. Um, when we stopped traveling together, I, it kind of gave me the travel bug. So I've always sought out new places and new experiences. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me is that I, I can adapt I adapt so well to to new circumstances. Like you can drop me in any city you want tomorrow, and I'll have the logistics figured out. You know, like where am I gonna live? How do I get a cell phone? Open a bank account, stuff like that. And that's just it's just ingrained in me from all the from all the traveling, and it obviously trickles into my everyday life as well. Like I I, I like adapting to things. I constantly like to challenge myself uh, with with new things. Very self-reliant, then. You've got sure. the independence because of all that. Um, 
what the different cultures it's really opened up your perceptions we were talking about kind of and all sorts of political and, and societal uh, issues you kind of found your views right I'm seeing everything absolutely you know I, I I'm so grateful for having experienced different political systems and different ideologies to kind of have the power to compare what do I like what do I not like what's it like in America what about healthcare what about healthcare in Denmark what about gay rights you know all those things that are big issues nowadays um, I've lived in different systems that have different ways of fixing or not fixing these problems and through that I, I, I've been able to build a very strong opinion about what, what I think is right by having experienced multiple things and seen so many different things Totally. So what do you feel the biggest difference is between here and America? People are not so stressed here, you know? And yeah. like, I think if you think about what stresses people in the U.S., it's like, oh, what happens if I get sick? That question. What happens if I go broke, lose my job, you know? It's crazy. How am I going to send my kids to college? And those questions are what stress adults, you know? And here in Denmark, that those questions are kind of fixed by or answered by, by the government or by the system here. So what happens when you go broke? Well, you have you have unemployment that you can go on, and it's unemployment that's good. You know, like you can still you can still support your family. You don't have to sell your house. You don't have to move for at least a few months. You know, like you have a like you have a window to to reassess and to maybe get a new job. You get sick. Well, there's healthcare. How are you going to send your kids to school? Don't worry, it's free. You know, yeah, exactly. like, so I think it's the people are less stressed here, and like they focus on other things, and maybe stress about them. You know, yeah. <laughs> we always think about our different problems. <laughs> um, as we kind of wrap up this interview, what are some some powerful quotes that you kind of live by or that mean a lot to you? Powerful quotes. The content creator, you know, motivator. Wow. Man, quotes. I'm gonna have to think about that one first. Books. Actually, you know, I have a, I have a tattoo on my arm that says, "To be loving attracts love," and that's definitely one of my biggest philosophies to live by. You know, like, be aware of the energy you carry into the world because it's gonna reflect back. And if you want to do good, and and feel good, then bring good into the world. You know, you by, got that energy. That Cali surfer vibe. The big time. You grew up in that, that Cali. I love it though. That's awesome, man. Um, recent books or books that really made an impact on you? I read uh, a book called The Road Less Traveled. Um, it's a book about like um, psychology and psychiatry, and that book is, is really amazing. Definitely made me reflect upon my own childhood and figured uh, out different behavioral patterns um, that I have and like that I can now work on changing them because you're not aware of how you grew up and how that changes your behavioral patterns. So. That's, that's been really great. Open up your awareness. Yeah, so the road less traveled for sure. Next big move. The next big move is getting power off the ground and selling a bunch of fucking shit so I can find a bunch of trees. What about travels? Anything big for travels? Uh, I'm going to go to Southeast Asia in the fall and do some backpacking there. Okay. Experience that, go like to some Muay Thai gyms, do some boxing, and uh, just travel around, get a scooter, hopefully don't crash. Okay, so we can meet you in Southeast Asia and do some boxing. See you there, October, baby. Last thing, life lessons for our listeners. Something, what they should kind of live by or what you've lived by that would maybe help them out. Biggest thing is that life is always full of ups and downs, and just embrace the downs just as much as the ups, and... When you're down, don't stay down. Like it's just like being in a valley, you know, you're looking up at the mountain. You have to have to start climbing back up somehow. So always move. Momentum. And embrace the downs. 
little cliche, but I love it. It's awesome. a great way to live by. Yeah, it was fun. Appreciate you coming on, Simon. Thank Appreciate you, guys. you kicking our butt uh, earlier too. Power, 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 power! You can find you on Instagram. Simon said so. Simon said so. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> find us, man, anywhere you need to. Um, we appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you, guys.